this last time. And Barry Bell's like, stay here, stay here, stay here. And uh, he has to go on another flight probably in the world news. But she probably needed to be there for some reason. There's a purpose to everything. But a sister is a woman out there in relationship to other daughters and sons of her parents. And a close friend or an associate is everything I tell a member of any regular organization, but when it arose to my sister, her family was my family. Um, I'm going to make this short. There was a time I remember as her parents talking about her being sad. I promise if he stood up, he stood over me. I was scared. I walked in the house, oh, he's not going to do nothing. I'm going to be like, please, I don't know. <laughs> he was, when I say huge, I think he was bigger than that guy, than that horse right there. I promise you, I've never seen a dog like that before. But we shared a bond that was so close. Y'all just don't know what it's been hard. I wanted to pick up the phone several times to call her. I wanted to, I text her constantly uh, this afternoon on the way. I think y'all got me coming up on the phone. Omaha, Nebraska, and um, I text her, told her I miss her, and I love her. I know Shorty, she didn't see that, but I had to get that out. You know, I had to do that, because I promised Mama that I would not get there so slow, and I promised her that I would be there for her, and I'm going to stick to that promise, but I also want the family to also know that if you ever need me, those that are here that know me, if you ever need me for anything, mom told me that I have to step in now because Nina's not here, and I'm going to do that. So if you ever need me, call me, whatever you feel like you do. She has on um, Facebook, whatever. Um, but that was my sister, and I love her to death. <coughs> but I'm going to read this letter that she left Mama. Catherine Verdeer, Ruth Hughes, McKinley Lawrence. <laughs> to my sweet, bipolar, God-fearing, loving mom, <laughs> ain't, no one, ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no valley low enough. You always when we needed you. You always found a way to get to us when we were in trouble. In the hospital, having babies, keeping our children, even though you had a hard life growing up, you always found, always found the time to take care of us. And for that, I am grateful. You were and are a real mama. And for that, I love you to the moon and back. Mom, you did your job in raising us. Your job is done. Stop letting grown folks talk to you crazy, telling you what you did and didn't do. Just walk around. Stop trying to prove that you are a good mom. You raised us to the best of your ability. You did an awesome job. Kids weren't in jail, no drugs, everybody's serving. I mean, 
are all crazy, <laughs> but we are good. I'm not going to make this long and drawn out. I'm not going to make this letter long and drawn out. This is just to let you know that I love you, old lady, lady, to the moon and back. Don't cry, girl. I always be in your heart. Always. Just, just think on all the good times we had. KK, because you know me, I always said KK. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> I'm back one with Earth. I'll see you soon when our daddy God returns. Hugs, kisses, your problem child, the sick one, Leah, loving you always, AKA. Is Catherine Harris here? She's not going to come for ministry and song. Good evening, family. God is truly great and worthy of all of our praise. And I'm so appreciative to have been in the company of Mejia and her family. When I moved here to St. Louis, I was by myself going to school and made my way to Ebenezer Church where she just, the whole church, the whole family just took me in and loved on me and I got pregnant and I was by myself. But Mejia just encouraged me to keep my faith and to not look down upon myself for being pregnant. And she just visited me every day, took me out, her and her sister, no matter the distance, whenever we came across each other, it was always family. It was always love. And then I met their beautiful mom. And the way she cared for me here is the way my mom cared for me. And they clicked, and I began to be around Ms. Verdia and my mom hanging out with them. And um, I'm just appreciative for God's love. And one thing that I've always experienced with them was the presence of God. When we find ourselves in situations such as this one, and Ms. Verdia kept saying, it's a celebration, it's a celebration. Don't do no sad stuff, don't do no drawn out stuff. The only way we can experience the celebration is when we allow God's presence to come and fill those hurting places in our hearts to heal us, to fill us, to comfort us, even in the midst of our sorrows. So we've heard all of the love that you have for me here, but right now I just want you all to just close your eyes and draw into the presence of God. Allow him to comfort you right now.
quite capture a life just in the pictures but the message that I saw when looking at that and what I saw in the here number one was God always and second was family I never saw Mahia without some family member but I always saw her with her sister and that bond really made a difference to me I didn't grow up with a sister. I always wanted to have a sister. I had three brothers. So I always would look at sisters and say, oh, I love that. I love seeing them together. And what would touch my heart, especially the last time that you all ministered up here before you left to Detroit, that touched me so much. To see a bond go from beginning all the way through adulthood and still be able to minister and keep that thing that God has given you, keep on with that that ministry that you have, that's how you know that God will always be next to you and with you. And I love Sister Verdia. God knows this lady. She has hugged me through so many things and loved me through so much. And that depth of love I can see through all of the children and all of the young people that she would bring to church. How they all fit in that car, I don't know. But I'm telling you, when she rolled up, boy, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten kids just coming in the church. That is, there's a special touch and a calling over this family that he has meant for you to love on people. And he did that through her, and I pray that he continues to do that through you. So at this moment, I just want to read to the congregation and to the family just a few words of condolences. This one is from a Mr. Paul Turner. It says to Verdia, Judy, Robert III, Aisha, and family. My heart reaches out to you in this time of separation from your daughter, sister, and aunt, Mejia. I do not presume to know all that you are experiencing in this season, but my prayers are eternally lifted up on your behalf. In reflection, the Lawrence and McKinley family will always be sketched in my soul. The songwriter once coined these words that seem so fitting for me right now, and they are as follows. Precious memories, how they linger. How they ever flood my soul. In the stillness of the midnight, how they still unfold. As I remember the part your family had in my early development of ministry, the precious memories linger as I, if it was yesterday. I recall all too well how your family occupied the third row on the right side of that old Kinlock church facing the pulpit. I still see your family sitting behind Elder Eddie Robinson's wife, and I, grandchildren, resided in the second pew while Beverly sang and Elaine would play the organ. And he said, smile. If you should have forgotten that, 
Remember this, what I and others cannot know what you are going through, God does. God knows all about it. He sees all, he hears all, and he feels all of your pain. For he is acquainted with your grief and shares your sorrows. Know with certainty that earth has no sorrow, no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. One day, oh, on that great day, God is going to do away with this thing called death. We're going to look for death and ask, oh, death. Where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? But they, oh, they shall not be found. For Christ will have put away all such things. You see, one day Christ shall pierce the sky and sound the trumpet and the dead, all the dead, every person that we've lost along the way, our dear Mahia shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the air together with them. So shall we live with the Lord forever and ever where there will be no more death. No more sorrow, no more pain, no more celebration services and homegoing services. No, for the former things we know now shall be no more. Alas, there will be no farewells, no goodbyes to be said. Amen. Peace, Paul Turner. Now I should read condolences from your church, Tabernacle of Praise, from the pastor. Dear family, it is with deep heartfelt sympathy that the Tabernacle of Praise, SDA Church, extends our love and condolences to you. Be assured that we will be here and that we are here to lend support and assistance whenever and however you may need. We know that this is a difficult and trying time, but in the midst of your grief and sorrow over the death of Mejia, be comforted in knowing that you are not alone. In conjunction with human sympathy, Jesus has promised that he will never abandon you, but instead he will come to you through the agency of the Holy Spirit, and grant you comfort and peace. Take comfort in knowing that we have a blessed hope in someone who is really and truly in control of all the affairs of this current life. This hope, my friends, is Jesus. We have this hope. That since Jesus died and he rose again, even so through Jesus, God will resurrect from the grave those who have fallen asleep at the second coming of Christ. We have this hope, this sweet and blessed hope that Jesus is soon to come. But until then, may the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you during this time of mourning. With love in Christ, Pastor Claval Hunter, pastor of the Tabernacle of Praise SDA Church and your church family.
Pray. Father, it's time to hear from you. Holy Spirit, guide us into your word. Speak to your children today. God, death is all around us. But thank you for being the give of life. 
Let your word minister to us even now. Give me the power to speak your words. In Jesus' name, amen. We praise the Lord for Mahia's son, right? Tyrone? Family, my heart goes out to you at this difficult time. Your heart has been wounded by death. Death hurts. Death is painful. Death is burdensome. Although Mahia has been sick for years, and has dodged death time and time again, <laughs> none of us had any idea or were prepared for her death several weeks ago. For many of us, it was totally unexpected. I came by to remind someone here today that death is an unwelcome and often unexpected visitor. My members know I always say this in this type of setting. Death cares nothing about one's age, their religious affiliation, how many money they have or don't have or where they come from. Death does not take into account one's dreams and aspirations, nor one's class or race. Are you listening? Therefore, we must make sure that we make every effort to make every day count, to love one another unconditionally, and to live for a purpose, live for God every day, because none of us in this house today know when our last day on earth will be. How are you living? Because of this unexpected death, God knows that we are hurting and know for sure that he is not immune to our emotions today. May I remind you that we serve a God that is more than able to, to sympathize with our pain and our suffering. That's why the psalmist David, he writes these words in Psalm chapter 61, verse 2. He says, from the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is what, everybody? 
He says, do what? Lead me. He didn't say lead me to drugs. He didn't say lead me to more trouble. Lead me to alcohol. No, 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 no. Where my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock. Guess what? That rock, my dear friend, is Jesus Christ. I need you to understand that this thing called death is an enemy to the human race. This could be someone in the last sermon. It's an enemy to the human race. For you see, when God created the heavens and the earth in six literal days, and he formed man from the dust of the ground, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, he breathed into man the breath of life. The Bible says that man became a living being. You must know that death was never a part of God's original plan. God, our creator, never wanted us to die. He never wanted us to experience sickness and pain, abuse, poverty, violence, discrimination, loss, and even death. He never wanted us to go to a funeral home and, and, and make, make, make arrangements for our loved ones. That was not a part of God's plan. Death is a byproduct of sin. What is sin? First John chapter 4 talks about it. What is sin? Hey, sin is the transgression of God's law. In other words, sin is breaking God's law. Sin Dear friend, brought death to this world. Sin, disobeying God, disobeying God, and choosing to follow the ways of the devil. Are you listening? You either love God, or you hate him and you love the devil. When I choose to do God's will, Line up with God and walk in obedience. I'm showing God I love you. When I choose to do my own thing, follow my own plans, I'm choosing the way of the enemy, that's Satan himself. Are y'all listening? Death. I need you to understand. One more thing I need you to understand about death. It has a way of sometimes causing us to be very angry. And it's very tempting to allow our anger cause us to isolate ourselves from God and from one another. But that's not going to take the pain away. Having a don't care attitude about everything is not going to, to help us feel better. Fighting 
one another. It's not going to help us cope in a healthy way. Abandoning our faith in God or engaging in unlawful or unhealthy activities that are harmful to our physical and spiritual life is not going to fill the void in our hearts. Neither will isolation or remaining in the depths of darkness and despair help us to cope. So where do we turn? Where do we turn? To find solace and consolation. Beloved, here it is. We can turn to God's word. We can turn to God's word for comfort and guidance from at any time, especially when our hearts are aching and we are overwhelmed by life's challenges. At times like this, when we are face to face with death, Many people ask, why, why, why? Why this sickness? Why? Why this pain? Why? Why this grief? Why did God let this happen to Mahia? She's 49 years old, I believe, right? So young. Why? 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 I want you to know. It's not wrong to ask why. Are you listening? It's not wrong to ask why. It is normal and it's okay. When you look through the Bible, you'll discover that many great men and women of faith ask God why. But the greatest why in the Bible was cried out by the Lord when he was there on that old rugged cross. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus, the creator of heaven and earth, Jesus, the son of the living God, asked why. And he always did the right thing. So it's okay for you and me to ask why. Now, although it's okay to ask this question, why? The problem then becomes that many times we struggle and most often never find the answer. My dear friends, though God may not always answer our why questions, he listens to them and at the right time, he responds in the wisest way. Are you listening? So a wise man once said that instead of asking why, a better question to ask is, what now? What now? What should we do now? What's next? Asia, what's next? Will you continue to dance? Or are you going to stop dancing? Marvel? Are you going to continue with your karate classes, or are you going to stop? Tyrone, are you going to carry on this legacy, or are you going to stop? What's next? See all my young people in the front row. What's next? What are you going to do? Are you going to just sit down now and, and let this ministry that she established for years? Or will you say, I'm going to rise to the challenge? And I'll make sure that other young children learn how to sing. 
to give God praise using their hands and their feet. Now, although it's okay to ask the question why, the problem then becomes that many times we, as I said, we struggle and most often never find the answer. So God, what's next? I would like to encourage you to stand on three eternal truths and I'm, I'm done. First one, ready? First one. Stand on the truth that God is what? I'll say it one more time. Stand on the truth that what? God is good. If we are honest, when bad things happen to us, sometimes we are tempted to blame God. I got a witness in this house? Don't lie. But the Bible tells us not to make that mistake because God is good and God is what? Love. Hear the, the word of God, Psalm chapter 25, verse 6. He said, remember, O Lord, your what? And your loving kindness, for they have been from eternity past. Do not remember the sins of my youth, nor my what? According to your what? Remember me for your goodness. Did anybody need God to remember them? Bible says this word, Psalm chapter 33, verse 5. The earth is full. Even though we live in a sinful world, we live in a world of, of, of pain and suffering and, and all of these diseases. And the Bible says, even in this world, it's still full of the goodness of the Lord. There's still some good people in this land. The Bible says this word, it says here, Psalm chapter 34, verse 8, taste. When you're going through, can you just pause and taste and see that the Lord is good? Blessed, happy is the man, person who what? Trust in him. And I love this text right here, First Chronicles, First Chronicles chapter 6 and verse 34. Oh, give what? For he is what? For his loving kindness is what? Everlasting friend, God is good. And I'm so glad to know that no matter what we've done and no matter what, what may come our way, God is good and his love is everlasting. He will not give up on us. But perhaps someone is asking if that is true, preacher. Why is there so much heartache in the world? Why is there so much brokenness in the world? Let's expose the enemy. The reason why is because the devil is loose. There are a whole lot of people in and, in and out of the church that are having an affair with the devil. Can I be real in the house? your friend. He's not your homeboy. He's not your sweetheart. The Bible says he is the father of all evil. First part of this verse, John chapter 10, verse 10, it says the devil who is a thief comes to do what? Kill. He wants to take your children out. He wants to take your mind. He wants to take all control of your life. And some people are just giving it to the enemy. He's working hard to hurt us every way he can. 
But great is he that is in us, and he that's in this world. I thank God for Jesus Christ because the Bible says he came to heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free. According to Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, soon and very soon at the second coming of Jesus Christ, God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. He's going to wipe away every pain, every evil, every sickness. Aren't you glad about that? And the Bible says, then all who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ will live together with him in total hmm. In total perfection. You cannot even imagine that. What is total perfection? You don't even have to go and get the flu shot anymore. No more insurance. No more medical bills. No more funeral homes. No more memorials. That's total perfection. This is a promise from God. I mean, he's going to take away More shame, no more violence. Yeah, we're living in a dangerous city. I'm going to take away this enemy called death. We who are saved, I say those who are saved, you better know how you're living and where you're going next. You live forever in heaven and in the earth made new with Jesus Christ. Until that day, life can be extremely hard, but stand on the truth. That God is good. And he will work all things out for our good. Who says amen? amen? Secondly, stand on the truth that God what? John chapter 3 verse 16 it says, let's read it all together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have. When something terrible happens, it's easy to think that God doesn't love us. But he does. God the Father shown it in many ways. But the greatest way was when he gave to the human race heaven's most valuable treasure, his one and only son, whom he sent to die Our sins for our disobedience. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says that God showed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And he loves us so much that he wants us to be a part of his heavenly family. And God wants us to have a personal relationship with him. So he says in, in James chapter 4, he says, draw close to me. Every day through prayer, through the study of the word. He says, draw close to me. And he says, I will draw close to you. Don't let the death of our loved ones and the pain you are feeling right now to pull you away from God. Rather, let it drive you to the one that is able to keep you from falling. To keep you from losing sight of your divine purpose. Let God bring you close to him each and every day. I'm going to be honest with you that beyond this point, you're going to have some good days as well as some bad days. 
going to be days when you're full of energy and days when you feel like just not being productive. You're going to have moments of happiness as well as moments of sadness. But remember to stand on the truth that God is good and God is love. And lastly, stand on the truth. Let's play some Pats in the audience. That God will help you. Do you really believe that? No, do you really believe that? Like that gentleman came up here and he, he, he did that song, Jesus will fix it. The Bible tells us that God is the Father of mercy and God of all comfort. He will comfort us in our grief. Then the Gospel of Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, Come to me all, you who labor. And a heavy lead. Here's the promise. He says, I will give you rest. And Jesus, the son of the living God, one who holds the sun in his hand, the sun that is about 93 million miles from the earth. It is said that if the sun just moved one inch closer to the earth, we were born. But the God who holds his son at the right place, he loves you. And then the God who holds the moon in his hand, he loves you. The God who holds the billions and billions of galaxies, the stars, he loves you. You are on the mind of God. You think this right here, he can't handle? He can handle if he can hold the sun, if he can hold the moon, if he can hold the stars in his hands. He can hold you when you feel like giving up. He can hold you when you feel like you're lonely and no one cares. This God can hold you. And he says, man, I got you. I got you, Tyrone. I got you, Sister Verdee. I got you, family. Don't you let go. I'm holding you together. And that's the God. If I'm able to help you. So as Jesus, he was resurrected. He spent time with his disciples for 40 more days after his resurrection. The Bible says he went. He was ascended to heaven. He says, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send you another helper. This helper is a part of the Godhead. You have God the Father. You have God the Son. You have God the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Because I'm up there ministering on your behalf, interceding for you every day. The Bible says that this Holy Spirit, he comes alongside us. And he ministers to us each and every day. My child, this is the way to go. My child, do not go this way. Do not say this evil thing, but say this instead. That's the spirit of God you're hearing in your mind. Woo! The Bible says the Lord heals the broken heart. 
like a skillful surgeon, he binds up their wounds. Great is our God. Is there anyone in this service today glad to know that God has not abandoned them? Aren't you glad that he did not give up on you? Woo! What a mighty God we serve. He is never late. Sometimes it feels like he's late, but he's never late. We're going to close with this. John chapter 11. Keep going over there. John chapter 11. Tells the story of one of Jesus' friends named Lazarus. Family came. Jesus, your friend Lazarus is dead. Is, is, is sick. What are you going to do? And this guy, you fed thousands of people. You touched lepers, and they were healed. Jesus walked on water. He was able to speak this world into existence. He could just speak the word, and Lazarus would just get up. But Jesus did not go to Bethany. Bible says he stayed for a few more days. Word got back to him. Your friend Lazarus is dead. He said, hey man, he got his boys, he said, let's go now. God, we wanted, we wanted Lazarus healed. Why are you waiting for him to die to show up? We've been serving you. We've been doing your will. You came to our house. You ate our food. You did all of the miracles, but when we needed you to come through for us. Why? Why now? Be honest, some of us would have given up on God. If you feel like you Jesus is always on time. He says to his own boys, let's go. Sometimes he's going to continue his purposes. But you've got to learn how to trust his promises. The Bible says, man, he walked to Bethany. He didn't take a Uber. He took his time. You walk and sisters came and say, hey, good to see you, but you're late. He's dead. He's been dead for a few days. And he listened and cried and cried and cried and cried. Because I, I imagine they were over, over there, their brother. Would you just get up? Would you just get up? Jesus, would you just heal his last breath. But Jesus had a plan. 
listen to that choir. She said, show me, show me, show me his tomb. They took Jesus to the tomb. They took him, let him climb, let him climb, part of his heel. They took him to the tomb. Because what the family wanted was healing on this side. But Jesus said, I want to give you something greater because I am the resurrection and the life. Sometimes you don't know what to pray for. And God showed up. The question is, is he late? No, 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 I, I, I got to, no, no, no. See, some of y'all are believers. But there's some unbelievers in the house. Did he do this? Why would, why would he let this happen? You know who did this, not God. Is he late? I came to your, the house last week Friday. That we talk about this week. We said he never got up. He never got up. He never got up. I had back pain several years ago. A lot of pain, a lot of suffering. I was teaching. Peace. Remember that? I said I'm going to have surgery. You told me not to have surgery, but I went. I was in pain. That day, they rolled me in. Put some drugs in me, and I went to sleep. Man, that was the best sleep. I'm telling you, I said, whoo, that was the best sleep. They did some things to me I had no idea. Flipped me over. They cut me. Opened me up. Went to work. I felt no pain. Then they stitched me back up. Turned me back over. Rolled me in the recovery. In the recovery room, where I slept, and I slept. I'm not sure how long I was out, but I was out. But you know what? Nothing mattered, because I felt no pain. I was at peace. I was at peace. I had no dream. I didn't see no light. Now some people come, oh, I saw the light. No, no, no. Nothing. And then, eventually, I heard a name calling my name. It started off soft. Clavar? Clavar. Clavar? Clavar. Eventually, Heard it over my head. I said to the Lord, 
de nuevo. I came by to remind you that one day God is going to call me. He is me. Mama, she didn't get up on this side. Terror, she didn't get up on this side. But when she heard the name of the resurrection, I wish I had some people who believe in the word of God. And the Bible says this. When he gets here, I don't want you to be ignorant, brother, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who sleep. Those who sleep. Anybody happy? Anybody happy? She is going to get up. Oh, I love the promise. I love the promise. Come on, choir. For this, we say, you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Oh, we're going to get to heaven together. Hello, somebody. We're going to get there together. And the word of God says, for the Lord himself, will descend from heaven with what? A shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. And I close with this. Then we who are alive and they shall be caught up together. Then in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Anybody give God praise in this house today? You accept God's word today? You believe God's word today? Do you believe God's word today? Do you trust him today? Do you want to see Jesus? Do you want to see Jesus? Live for him now. Do his will now. by God's grace, we will see Mahia there in heaven. May the Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.
beauty in everything that happens to us because we all happen and work together for our good. Lord, teach us to remember our days for he that will come will come and will not tarry. Until then, Lord, grant us your peace and your calming comfort. Lord, we pray that you might the spot where we have been laid to rest. And one day we know that you call her forth, call her by name. This is our prayer. This is our heart desire. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to allow the family to walk up first and to go and to go downstairs because we want the family, the family to eat first. So come on and follow me, family. Those who are in the other seats, hold on, guys. Let me just walk out. Those who are in the other seats, let's close the service out properly. The Bible says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. This corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where's your sting? O haze, where's your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the Lord. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. May the Lord bless you all. Amen.